Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Yoko Ivanainen from Grow VC Group. Uh, hello, Yoko. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you to invite me. Oh, glad to have you. And and so um, we were talking about this just before uh, really quick. We have uh, people from all over the world uh, who are guests on our podcast, and, and you have one of the most unique names uh, that I've run into. And what, what is the heritage of that name? Uh, I am originally from Finland, uh, but I have done a very global business, uh, uh, something like 20 years, so that we have activities in the U.S., uh, Europe, Asia, basically globally. Okay, excellent. And so Yoko, Grow VC Group uh, is, uh, you describe it as a mix of investing and holding companies focusing on fintech. So tell me a little bit about how, how you got started in this. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting story because actually we started uh, uh, with uh, crowdfunding and I, I think that um, the starting point was really in 2009 that myself and my co-founder who both of us had started many companies, we felt that the finance market is, work, is not working so well and we thought that basically internet and all online models can make the finance model much more effective. So that we basically started 
the first equity uh, crowdfunding service in the world. We officially started it in Hong Kong because, for example, in the U.S., all lawyers said to us that it's too risky to start something like this in the U.S. But we participated actually also in the work in the U.S. basically to modify the regulations so that nowadays equity crowdfunding is possible in the U.S. and many other places. At the same time, we also realized that startup equity crowdfunding is not so excellent business so that basically it's um, startup investing is always complex but it's also that they are small investments you need a lot of uh, due diligence work and so on and we realized that there are actually a lot of other opportunities in the fintech area as a whole so we started to modify or even could i say make a kind of pivot uh, with our model so that we basically started to uh, develop business in different areas of the fintech and we came to a model that we are more like a holding company that we have different companies that are doing for example technology data and services in the finance sector totally 10 companies globally interesting so you you made this shift away from startups, which is a, uh, first of all, every investment carries a high risk and the potential for the high reward. And so we're all, we're all looking for that big win. And uh, you saw more opportunity in fintech. And, and are these, are these uh, mostly established businesses or are they just startups in fintech? Uh, I would say that they are mainly startups. But some of them, uh, we, we have actually, uh, we have companies that have been in our portfolio now uh, five or six years and they start to be quite established business. So that one example is, for example, uh, Diffitech that is based in San Francisco and it is what we call cloud-based finance back office as a service. So that they have open API so that basically anybody can develop uh, fully regulated professional finance services on the top of the API. So that I would say that it's a little bit like legacy banking IT, but it is much more uh, flexible and modern and cost effective in cloud. And there are many lending services, uh, online banking services, uh, investing services, real estate finance services, wealth management services that are basically built on the top of that. So, so it's, it's one more established uh, company in our group. Then we have uh, actually another other one that has activities also in Texas that is actually a new model uh, how people can manage their own finance data so that people can actually own and keep a copy of their own finance data. Uh, uh, this company is called uh, uh, Prefina. And basically the idea is that with blockchain type model, people could start to manage their own data and use it, for example, when they go to apply loan or basically use some other finance services. And basically it gives much more control and privacy also to users. And so you mentioned the blockchain. Let's let's talk about the impact that blockchain technology has had specifically on fintech. It seems like most of the projects that are that are getting legs right now in the blockchain have something to do with fintech. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's a it's complex combination because I I, I think that of course one 
important part has been ICOs. That uh, ICOs has been a model to to get funding. In in some cases, I would say that it has been the way to get easy money. Uh, and uh, I I think that ICOs are maybe the the most complex part of uh, blockchain and uh, uh, crypto finance. And I would say that I believe that this kind of new models like blockchain, uh, distributed solutions, uh, smart contracts, they are going to come. They are going to come to all investments, investments, to all finance services. At the same time, I feel that there are many issues with existing ICOs, and it is not directly linked to the technology or models, but it is much more linked to the underlying assets, that there are many cases that you have just empty white paper or something like that. So, so, so that it's important also to, uh, to understand different components that what's going on at the moment. Then when we think blockchain as such, there are also many models how to do it. Uh, they are basically this uh, proof of work model that is this heavy mining. And I would say that this uh, heavy mining, for example, for Bitcoin, I, I don't know if it is the long-term solution, uh, especially, especially for some other applications than uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. And uh, then, of course, uh, uh, it's linked to development in the whole finance sector that banks used to dominate it. They were a kind of a, a black boxes, including all services. And in the future, I believe that there will be much more companies that are offering different kinds of niche services in the finance sector also, so, so that the whole finance sector will be more like a network of different services when now it has been dominated by, uh, especially by banks. So you mentioned that you have uh, about 10 companies in your portfolio right now. What, if you were to pick the most interesting project uh, that you're working on, uh, which one is it? You don't have to say the name if you don't want to, but tell us, tell us what's the most interesting project in your portfolio right now. I, I think that this uh, DefiTech uh, and their finance back office, uh, they have actually several interesting uh, cases that are, uh, they are good examples that finance services will be very different in the future. They are cases that are more traditional, like banks are implementing new online services or mobile services on that back office. But then uh, just to mention, for example, uh, real estate, there are a lot of innovations that uh, uh, how how to finance your house and uh, how even construction and real estate companies are looking for new models, a kind of uh, crowdfunding models, but different kind of lending models. There are even uh, uh, cryptocurrencies that could basically give you ownership uh, uh, in an apartment, or there can be different kinds of cryptocurrencies that there is just ownership, or there is an other cryptocurrency to have ownership and also a right to live in the apartment and, and basically give also more flexibility how you can basically decrease your ownership if you need money and increase if you have extra money. So, so that maybe those are not so fancy 
from the technology point of view, but I think that they are excellent examples that how the whole finance world is uh, changing. And it's not only the banks that are implementing these, but there are many kinds of companies. There is even one uh, well-known person from the music industry who is planning or developing new platform, how basically artists and bands better manage their own uh, uh, tours and concerts and basically sell them themselves and basically have a kind of token model for that uh, and and basically uh, basically also have finance solutions for those so that uh, finance is needed in all services in the world in certain way and I think that when we have a technology that can be more plug and play that you can actually include finance to many other services it opens opportunities for many kinds of new innovations absolutely and so let's let's kind of take a step back here and uh, you're you're telling us about your your company your VC firm uh, tell us a little bit about you. How did you uh, How did you end up uh, from Finland? And you spent some time here in Austin, Texas, at the uh, at the university for a while. Uh, tell us uh, Tell us a little bit about your journey to get where you are. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I made my first studies in computer science, so that my my background is uh, is is computer science, and I I worked especially uh, in mobile industry. Uh, as many many guys during those days uh, in Finland, I started to work with Nokia, that was then uh, the leading mobile company in the world. And then I moved actually from Finland to Asia, so that I I was uh, uh, I, I was uh, running certain businesses in Asia. Then I came back to Europe. I I I basically was working for one of the leading management consulting companies in London. Uh, and after that, uh, yeah, I, I made MBA studies. I was also in Texas and uh, and actually set up uh, also one uh, California-based uh, tech company operations in Europe. And basically after that, I started to work with my own companies. And actually uh, the first, my own company I, I worked full-time was uh, uh, data analytics company so that we made very advanced data analytics to uh, analyze behavior and social networks of the people, especially for the marketing and the risk management and that kind of purposes. And th- that is a company we have exited. But so so that uh, in in that way, I have a, quite a lot of history also with the technology. Yeah, it sounds like uh, with you have a a pedigree and a lifetime of experience with with technology, and that lends itself well to uh, knowing who has the right stuff and who has the potential to to really grow. And so what do you think uh, are some of the the challenges that fintech innovation specifically is facing right now? Are there, uh, for instance, uh, there are regulatory challenges, there are Technical challenges. Uh, there are adoption curve challenges. What are what are some of the things that fintech specifically is facing right now uh, that you really uh, need yeah, to overcome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I would say that maybe one challenge is there is certain hype that makes it more difficult for many parties to know 
what is real and what is not so real. And I think that ICOs is one example that, that they are definitely very good ICOs. Tokens are a great idea, but at the same time, there are cases that people just want to make quick money. And um, it makes for many people, including in business, difficult to uh, basically make decisions that, uh, that what to do and what is a real opportunity, what is hype and so on. And it actually uh, creates also additional problems with uh, regulators that when, if there are cases that people lose money or, uh, or something like that, it, it can easily cause some issues. Uh, of course, uh, I would say that uh, finance is an area where people are more conservative. Uh, so, so that uh, to to basically get to some new services, it takes time. But I think that it is in many areas. So that uh, typically, as as you also said, that I have a quite long history to work with uh, with some new solutions, and it's often so that uh, development is first quite slow. That people talk about that, but not so many people use it. And then suddenly something happens. And basically, all people go after new services. And it's always very difficult to predict the timing and even the factors of that moment when it really starts to go mainstream. And I would say that with fintech, we are still early days. Most of people use bank accounts and uh, and credit cards even they are very simple things that technically speaking it is very easy to make bank account nowadays you don't need one billion it and ten thousand people to do it and i think that it's going to happen but it's very hard to say that what is the exact timing that's interesting and it kind of folds into you know my my last question here about the financial technology uh you know where do you see in uh, you just you just mentioned that things happen very slow and then they go really fast, and it's hard to predict. But let's let's give a reasonable amount of time: five years, ten years. What major changes or innovations do you see in financial technology in that time? Uh, yeah, as I said, that the timing is difficult. But I, I I remember that also when we worked with the social network analytics, and actually in 2005. One of our investors, when we started the first social network analytics tool, called me and said that don't use social in your uh, product name because uh, especially in, in the U.S., people might think that it is something communistic. And after two years, everybody was talking about social networks so that, that things are sometimes surprising. But uh, I, I would say that uh, uh, of, of, of course, something like lending is very important part that uh, I, I actually think that people talk not talk enough about lending market, that the investing market and startup investing market has been the exciting part in crowdfunding and also with ICOs, but lending as a whole is huge market. And I would say that all people in the world are somehow linked to lending market. So, so that, for example, to get uh, more lending services, but also, for example, much more data-oriented lending services, we have implemented solutions where, for example, company accounting system is linked directly to uh, uh, lending system and even so that the secondary market of the loans can utilize the data and, and make 
better pricing for the loans and so on. I think that those are really significant things, even maybe they are not the sexist new applications, but, uh, but uh, I, I sometimes feel that in finance sector, there are so many things that are not only directly new services to consumers, but what is happening inside the finance sector that can challenge the position of the traditional banks and value chain and models. Uh, sometimes those invisible things to normal consumers might be even more significant than what is happening with your Apple Pay or some, some other consumer applications. Yoko Avenainen from Grow VC Group. Where can our audience go to learn more about uh, your company? Uh, yeah, you can go, go to our website that is uh, growvc.com. And on, on the front page, you can see basically the list of all our companies. We have actually quite an active blog also so that you can read news. And I, I also actually uh, write to some other publications. One is, for example, disruptive.asia. Uh, so that if you Google my name, you can actually find quite a lot what I'm uh, writing all the time also that how I see the industry and the future. Very good. Any uh, final thoughts before we wrap here? Thank you very much for this opportunity, and I believe uh, that there will be a lot of new exciting things in the finance uh, services, and and basically that the finance services is part of all services what we are using, so that it is coming much more flexible to to use finance services in the future. Excellent. Uh, This has been Joko Avenainen from GrowVC Group. Uh, If you'd like to learn more, you can visit growvc.com. That'll do it for this episode of the Future Tech Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.